Welcome to Jurassic World. World Minute, where we'll discuss Jurassic World one minute at a time. Jurassic World's nanny service coming in 2016. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And here we are back to discuss Minute 28 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com, we have an article up here for Karen Mitchell. We uh, weren't doing this when we started the, the minutes for uh, Jurassic World. And here we have a write-up for Karen Mitchell in the film, uh, of course, mother of Zach and Gray. And... Uh, Husband, husband, <laughs> wife of Scott. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a bit of a bit of a write up here on her uh, her involvement in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, not really a principal character in the film, but we still managed to get a pretty decent article out of her uh, for Jurassicpedia. This one was written by our contributor Sickleclaw, so he did a great job on this article. Really goes into uh, her involvement in the movie a lot she's played by judy greer who we have her imbd page up here for as well yeah again it's that um that common that common thing with a lot of the actors in this film of not really knowing much about their work uh, outside of this film seemingly i know it's been described uh she does a lot of that sort of this sort of background uh little roles in a lot of things um mm-hmm yeah, Judy Greer is kind of, I mean, she does do a lot of background stuff, but I know, I mean, I know she was in the Ant-Man movies, so I didn't know her from that before seeing her in Jurassic World. And after being kind of a little bit more upfront and center, I mean, she wasn't kind of main in, main protagonist, but she was kind of secondary protagonist in, in the Ant-Mans. I was kind of surprised of the smaller role she took in Jurassic World. Of course, I've seen her in uh, a couple other movies. She was uh, Laurie Strode's daughter in the new Halloween, in the new Halloween reboots. Who, coincidentally, her name is also Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so she uh, she played again, kind of secondary protagonist in that movie. And then she's going to be in the next couple Halloween movies coming up. Um, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. We've already, uh, Halloween kills, I think is coming out next, next year. And, and we've already seen a teaser trailer for that one. Yep. Maggie Lang in Ant-Man. That's, is that, um, Stephen Lang's, uh, wife? His ex-wife, I think. My ex-wife. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm having a look here. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff here I've never heard of before. Yeah, she definitely. De- I mean, there's stuff I've heard of, stuff I haven't, and then stuff I've heard of, but I can't even remember her role in it. Like yeah, apparently yeah. she was in Tomorrowland, which I saw, but couldn't remember her role in it. If for the life of me, I've got to rewatch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of TV stuff here. So she's she's mm-hmm. very very busy busy actress and sadly i don't uh, i don't think she's going to have a spot in dominion here so we're probably not going to get to see her in the franchise again after this film yeah she's yeah she has not been announced for the um for dominion so i think the mitchells might not be might be out on this one you yeah know? which is a shame you'd think at least having zach and gray back being yeah. a major I part mean, yeah, even Lex and Tim got a small cameo in The Lost World. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Spielberg's college present. <laughs> well, there's still, there's still a candle lit to uh, maybe that's one secret we don't know yet that um, those characters will have something to do in Dominion. But I was always surprised, then again, maybe not, that Lex and Tim never came back for... Uh, Jurassic World kind of running things because I know that fans had always assumed that at some point either Lex or Tim would have taken over InGen after Hammond died. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd keep that family involvement going throughout the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Joe Mazzello, especially in particular, has had a uh, not not uh, unsubstantial. Uh, career, uh, movie career. He played. Uh, he was in most recently that I can remember. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. He was one of the band members of Queen, and then he was also in. I very prominently, I think practically lead almost in what was it, Band of Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Or was it Pacific? I know he was in one of those two. Um. Yeah, although they both run at the same time, like so it gets confusing there which yeah, one it was. That, but yeah, they're like complement complementary uh, series. Hmm. But that, that's the thing, though. Like he's a busy. It's not like Lex and Tim never worked again after Jurassic Park. They've both been fairly busy. Tim more so than Lex, but but then we here we are saying that <laughs> Dominion's already sounded bloated with how many people are coming back. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta give. Um, give everyone their, their part and true yeah but uh yeah head over to dress-pedia.com for uh, the rest of the Mitchells and um and yeah I'm so jealous you're gonna have so much fun I love you love you too Dave ready to get in a minute 28 I am as a minute 28 of Jurassic World well, sharing the same frustration as Grey, trying to see the Tyrannosaur at the gate through the crowd of people. As we open on minute 28, Zack's phone rings. It's Karen. She grills Zack for not calling them when they landed, but then realises she's just happy to hear his voice and asks if she's having fun. Zack replies, yeah, I guess. Aunt Claire gave us passes, so we don't have to wait in line. And now the cat's out of the bag. At the 17 second mark, we cut to Claire driving in a car, and a phone starts to ring. The two talk back and forth, not really adding anything to 
the movie. Uh, and as you can hear, the excitement for this minute is high. So we'll get straight to the discussion. Because as minute 28 ends, Karen starts to cry. These next few minutes are going to be hard, Dave. <laughs> these, these are probably the low light for uh, this film for me. This uh, discussion between Karen and Claire on the phone and going into uh, Claire going to see Owen to uh, consult. But uh, they're, they're a couple of minutes away. <laughs> First up, we've, uh, we uh, ended last minute with uh, Rexy going after that goat and having a, uh, a bit of a snack bit of a daily uh, feeding show mm-hmm. routine. As we're in the last minute, she sort of lunges down. We don't get a lot of a shot of her, but uh, we're inside the observation log, and we can just sort of make out her through the crowd that she lunges down and eats that goat, and uh, we get a crunch, <laughs> and the woman saying, ew, and that guy who's out in front yelling, T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked kind of extensively last minute about how we, or at least I was disappointed... I can't remember if you said you were or not about how little uh, T-Rex we got to see in this scene and how I think it would have done the scene more justice had they shown Rexy actually eating the goat and not just the crowd and not just her eyeball in between heads in the crowd, you know? Oh, no, it's definitely we. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we talked then or not about... Um... I'm pretty sure we did about the the T-Rex being a major part um, in marketing and everything. It's in the bloody logo. Yet I know, yeah. It's not being shown. And even, again, seeing parts of Fallen Kingdom, it's it's mm-hmm. locked in a box, Connex box on the ship. It's uh, it's in a cage under Lockwood Manor. It's not, it's not being a major part of the mm-hmm. film. I'm pretty sure we discussed that last minute. But, yeah, here, here again... A little bit we did. I You do bring up a good point about marketing is just, I mean, the T-Rex, for one, especially the female T-Rex, has pretty much always been the face of marketing for Jurassic Park. Even even in uh, though the Spinosaurus did take kind of a spotlight for Jurassic Park 3, it didn't even last because the next toy line that came out, she the Spinosaurus had to uh, share... Uh, logo space with the T-Rex with the uh, JP Dinosaurs line and so I think that had the um, that having the T-Rex on your logo there should be some more expectation of showing that animal off like they did in Jurassic Park and The Lost World you know you go back or post I think it was post 2011 all the Jurassic Park 3 imagery, DVDs, Blu-rays, and everything, they've replaced the Spinosaur logo with the Tyrannosaur logo again. Yeah, they did. So, even even Universal's sort of mm-hmm. bringing the Tyrannosaur marketing and image across the logo for all five, now six films. Yeah. But instead, we've got Blue up on a screen because Blue's the, uh, the main character in these films. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of have to admit, I can understand people who wanted to kind of move away from T-Rex-centric uh, movies after The Lost World because T-Rex was just so kind of central within that movie. But we've had 
kind of Raptor centric uh, for the last three years or yeah, the last three movies. And I really want to see more T-Rex at this point. I mean, I have discussed this with people um, in the fandom that after having three movies straight where the Velociraptor is really front and center, I'd really, really like to see more T-Rex action, you know? Mm. It's not that the design itself has problems, and we've talked extensively about the problems we've had with it. It's that the the T-Rex is just misunderused at this point, you know? I mean, it's almost a crime against (laughs) T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Right now, Jay's sitting on a street corner with that <laughs> should give more T Rex sign or something, busking, <laughs> wanting a uh, wanting uh, more T Rex in these films, and I agree with him. It's just uh, you can't you can't sit there and put her on the back on the back burner just because you want to use her for the final conflict in this film. Mm-hmm. If you're building if you're building Blue and the Raptor Squad up, then they should be the ones to take down. The Indominus, not not the Tyrannosaur. Have her involved, maybe, but hmm, we'll get to that. <laughs> We've got a few minutes of them. It was a group effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the Raptors, anyway. The other, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but uh, as everyone's yelling and cheering at the Tyrannosaur feeding, uh, Zach gets a phone call and. We can sort of hear the ringtone over the sound of the crowd. He's got his phone in his hand. It hasn't left his hand in his, his whole time. But uh, I'm amazed that he puts it up to his ear and instantly says, Hey, Mum, which I'm guessing maybe he's got a personalised ringtone for his mother so he knows when she's calling and not someone else. Could be. My dad does that. He's got, he's got. I mean, annoyingly, it's a barking ring, dog ringtone. <laughs> But for a couple others, like for the neighbor that he manage, co-manages our bees with, he's got a bees buzzing ringtone. Yep. And so between his phone and the neighbor, I don't know whose dog's barking more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a friend at work that, um, I think when he gets a message, the uh, igniting a lightsaber sound comes across, but... It's an older, it's an older iPhone, I think. So the the speaker's blown out. So now it's just a a garbled. <laughs> I had that. I had that text tone too, and then, and then it was just so annoying so often that I got rid of it. Which is the same same reason I did. I got rid of the T Rex roar for the same for the same purpose. It was the Jurassic Park T Rex roar being my text tone mm-hmm. it's, and it'd be like especially when you're planning a party or something it's like every 10 minutes it's <laughs> I'm like oh god <laughs> well that that takes me all the way back to 1997 again with uh, there was a media pack that came out um, I don't know where you could um, you had the T Rex roar when your PC and this is a Pentium two <laughs> PC uh, <laughs> booted up it roared when you just after the Windows screen instead of that Windows theme and then when you shut down you had the Velociraptors scream um, but same thing 1997 Pentium speakers weren't the best clarity and it roaring at a louder a louder volume than what you had it set at all the time 
this was blown out, but I remember having personalised ringtones on my first Apple phone, and then I got a new one, I'm not going through doing all that again. <laughs> I haven't really done it since, it's just the standard stuff, but... Um, but yeah, here we got the return of Karen Mitchell, and uh, she's saying that uh, they were supposed to call them when they landed, and then she asks if they're having fun, so here we are hours after arriving in Costa Rica and they haven't called her at all. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, I, I mean, when you're at that age and they and your mom tells you, don't forget to call when you land, it's very easy to conveniently ignore <laughs> or, for, or should I say conveniently forget, oh, I forgot to call, sorry. <laughs> but I'm 27 and my mom still makes me do it yeah yep. <laughs> I wonder if it would have made it better if we'd seen her attempt to try and call him a couple of times a couple of times his phone's gone off he's looked down and seen a mum on it or a photo of his mother and, and now or he's that actually or hear the buzzing noise in the background and we can see the light through his pocket mm. you know Yeah. So we or when he goes to answer we see his phone screen and it says 17 missed calls, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then the other thing is too, like I don't know, I don't know if international roaming services and that now, whether if this is his phone from home, if they'd be able to afford to set up, I think it's fairly cheap now, international calls and that sort of stuff when you're abroad uh, and what the, what the network is like on Nublar, mm-hmm. we get to see later, it's not the best coverage, but whether there's some sort of international roaming on Nublar that people can use their their own providers or if Verizon's in charge of it all. <laughs> well, I know that when I, uh, I had to contact AT&T and, get, and add the package to it because I don't normally have it on my phone. Or when I went to Ireland when I was in college, I never, I never leave the country almost. And so... I just had to call AT and T and have them add the package to my phone before I left. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's probably what they did. They just had the package on the phone on their phones for the week or so that they were going to be there, and then they just call AT and T or whoever their uh, carrier is and say we want to cancel that package. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only Zach. I don't think Grace got a phone. We don't see him with one the whole film. And you think if, I think you're right. Yeah, you think if Karen rang Gray, he would answer. Um, yeah. But uh, Zach replies, yep, having a great time. Aunt Claire gave us passes so we don't have to wait in line. And obviously this is something Karen did not want to hear. <laughs> Zach just <laughs> let the, uh, the cat out of the bag that um, Claire is not with the family for this uh, trip to the park. And she sort of pretty much confirms that with her, she's not with you. And that's when we cut to Claire driving... And you sort of, oh no, get that sort of look on her face when she looks down and sees that uh, Karen's calling. It's got a name there as well as a photo of uh, the Mitchell family all dressed up in uh, ski skier costumes. So obviously there must have been a trip to the snow somewhere. Whether Claire was there or Claire's the one taking the photo, I don't know. But uh, she's got this photo of them uh, all dressed up in the ski gear on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, sponsored by Samsung. <laughs> Samsung phone, not in the cradle, <laughs> just sitting in the center console of this Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I do not feel safe without my phone being in like one of those 
super protector cases. I got I got the Otter Box. I swear by them. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, with their latest with Samsung's latest release of their phone, the Otter Boxes don't come with a protector screen. Oh. And I'm still not happy about that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I'm I'm bare screen here. Yeah, I was. I know a couple of people at work have gone and purchased new phones, whether iPhone or Android, whatever. But they have no. They don't even have a. I don't even think they got just a stick on screen protector on them. And these phones mm-hmm. are scratched and dented, and you you're paying over a thousand dollars for these things, and it's just. Oh. Sliding around. I know. <laughs> Quick mention of Claire's ringtone, though. I mean, do you do you notice that the first three to- that those three jingle to- uh, notes kind of are reminiscent of the Jurassic Park theme? Somebody mentioned that on the Jurassic Park Legacy website when this movie first came out, and I can't shake it out of my head. I mean, I can hear it. I can hear the DDD, DDD. It's, it's those same three tones um, that they played during all the marketing and during Fallen Kingdom, but with like chime sound instead of big kind of horns. Yeah, I I've only got Apple. I don't know if that's a um, if that's a ringtone that's available on those Samsung phones or if it is just something they've made. I've always done custom ringtones. So uh, you think if they're sponsoring the um, the phone or sponsoring the movie? They'd want the phone to sound uh, like the ringtone yeah, was like available. A, yeah, like a stock ringtone. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've always done custom ringtones. My current one being the uh, Kirby Peyton Tile Plus <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> yes, uh, nice. <laughs> but uh, Claire takes a breath and pushes the answer button. Hey, Karen. <laughs> And we get the back and forth dialogue. Uh, hi, Claire, how's it going? Claire no, nervously rubbing the steering wheel. Yeah, everything's great. The boys are having fun. Everything's good. <laughs> good. And Karen's obviously not happy here, uh, really, because I just hung up with Zach and he said he's not with, not even with them. And that's uh, Claire's busted. She sort of exhales and then comes up with an excuse. Yeah, look, today turned out to be a really bad day for me. Uh, they're in great hands. <laughs> they're with my assistant. She's British, so like they invented Denny's and laughs. And the whole time while she's saying this, you can sort of see Karen's face start to screw up, and she's starting to break down. Um, but this whole time, uh, Claire's excuse, using excuse of her having a bad day, yet Karen's uh, having an even worse one, even though we don't know about the divorce yet. We've seen shots behind her, the big boardroom mm-hmm. table, and that. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly writing up the divorce papers as they're as they're speaking. But they probably just took a short break for so mm. uh, Karen could call Zach. You know. Yeah. Yep. But how has this been a bad day for Claire? She's got new sponsorship for the Indominus Rex. Um, Masroni's gone and seen the uh, seen the Indominus and was happy with it. Is it because Masroni wants her to go and see Owen? Is that is that why she's a, or she's about to have a bad day? I think it's more that she's just busy that day and she doesn't really have time to entertain guests and so their presence is more of a inconvenience for her, you know. Mm. She she is not a bad it's not a bad day so much as their presence makes it inconvenient to her schedule, you know. 
Yeah. So it's like a it's bad scheduling is more what she means. Mm. Well, also too, just she's that business minded, not being able to stop, mm-hmm. turn off. But in the car, in the car, in the uh, in the car, Claire can sort of hear sniffling over the phone, and after a moment says, "Wait, are you crying?" Um, and as we cut to Karen, yes, we can see that she's crying. She tries to compose herself and says, "This was meant to be a family weekend, Claire. You haven't seen the boys in forever." <laughs> Um, and that goes on into some uh, issues Zach's going to have with Gray, but uh, next minute. I can kind of see where Karen's coming from, though, because, I mean, if you have a sister and that sister hasn't seen their immediate nephews in, I mean, how many years did Zach say it was? Like seven. Five, seven. Seven years? Yeah. If you've not seen your immediate family, I mean, practically immediate family in that long, I could definitely see you being upset about it. I... Fortunately, I've always had uh, immediate family that has always taken out the time to be with their families, so I really don't have a place of experience to speak on this from. Because I mean, I I have an aunt who is a workaholic. She's probably almost just as bad as Claire, but at the same time, she will still make time for her family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you're going through a divorce and your mind is on that subject, I could definitely see it causing some emotional stress, you know? I wonder, too, how how the conversation went with um, Karen or Scott uh, talking to Claire about, hey, you haven't seen the boys in so long, mm-hmm. or Claire saying, hey, I haven't seen the boys so long, how about you send them down here um, because of the divorce, get them, out, get them out of the house for the weekend. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've got a couple on my father's side, uh, family, all sort of local here, so I do see them occasionally, even if it's the end-of-year Christmas party or or a birthday party, but um, there's there's people on my wife's side that are completely across country that I haven't seen since the wedding 11 years ago, and I couldn't think of anything worse than to road trip to their place or go to their place for a weekend for a family visit, because I'd wouldn't or don't have anything in common haven't seen him in so long and i could just imagine how awkward those awkward pauses waiting for something to come up in conversation yeah and here with the boys haven't seen aunt claire for seven years mm-hmm. gray would have been probably two or three so probably wouldn't even know no i even know mm-hmm. he goes running or have him. like very basic memories ever yeah yeah so i'm just i'm just wondering what the mm-hmm what the whole conversation or what the whole family weekend air quotes was uh, meant to be to start with. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I've got a lot of, I've got family who have always been there for family. I, I don't have any siblings, so I've been dependent on visiting my cousins and my immediately or my immediate aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'll ha- we've canceled records over my family uh, visits. You know that I've had cousins drop by on me unexpectedly, and then all I- next thing I know is we're drinking beers together, ha- uh, and he's staying the night. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, that's all right. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, these are people I couldn't really imagine not seeing at least once a month. Mm. Just going over to the uh, novel comparisons quickly before we get out of here. Not a lot, not a lot to go into. Uh, of course, the park employee 
uh, described as being a crow's nest, cracks that flare and throws it at the goat, uh, hoping to attract the Tyrannosaur. And it works, Rex bursts from a redwood grove in the middle of the arena and gobbles up the goat. Gray feels sorry for the goat, but he loves seeing the T-Rex, this is more like it. <laughs> so, In the novel, we don't get any the, the conversation, uh, just cuts straight to Owen working on his motorcycle, so that'll have to... Uh, We'll have to catch back up with the novel next minute. Mm-hmm. Dave, anything else on minute 28 before we get heavy for the day? No, I think we're good.